Mason, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Today is the second birthday of It's on the List with Noah and Mace. By now, you should know how we met on a blind first date. It wasn't a date to suck and fuck. It was a play date for podcasting, <laughs> and it was kind of fun. Thanks, Carter. <laughs> Thanks, Carter. Six moves combined from these fools, but the show's endured through all these years. These apps combined with all the guests make the shows fun while drinking beers. I don't believe that Mason's ever seen an episode of Family Guy getting caught in a lie. Don't worry, Mason. I got you. Just listen up. <laughs> it seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? There's a Family Guy. Lucky There's a man who positively Can do all the things That make us laugh and cry He's a family guy That's it Man, wow, 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 wow. You know I love when you give us a full song parody, but brother, that might have been, that I, I don't know the last time I said this, so I think it's true. That might be your finest work yet. That was really nice. I, I really think, liked that. I think the last time you said it was on the one-year anniversary when I did Mr. Brightside. Mm. Hey, once a year, I do give you a, I do compliment you. You give me you one, one compliment, compliment a year. <laughs> And you know what? <laughs> that fucking sucks. <laughs> you should be giving me a comment every fucking day, Mason. Yes. Yes, bitch. Yes. Let's yes, go. Yes, bitch. Work. Work. Work, bitch. Oh, man. I, I do want to say, just um, to get it out of the way ahead of time, uh, congratulations on farting on the Facebook servers and shutting it down entirely. Shutting Instagram down, shutting WhatsApp down, shutting Oculus down, shutting the big F down too. I know, I know that Oculus is huge for you in your daily Oculus life. is huge for me. And also, congratulations on farting, giving such a, a wet, nasty, stinky fart that Mark Zuckerberg um, choked to death. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was just the last news article I got um, when I, uh, before we started recording, was that... Um, Mark Zuckerberg did die, and the cause of death was, unfortunately, sniffing a wet, uh, a big, wet, nasty fart. From me. <laughs> from you, from Noah right. Marcher, yeah. I, with all the shit that I got going on Well, right you weren't, now, I, I mean, by this point, when this episode comes out, you will have been caught for these crimes, but, like, they had a, a police sketch, and the police sketch was you, but, it, like, dressed like the Hamburglar, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> That looks like my friend and podcast co-host, Noah Marger, the mad farter. The Whoa. mad farter himself. 
I rock, I walk into McDonald's and I just get up to the front of the line and I'm like, stand back, motherfuckers. This place is under attack. And I just unleash just a rancid, a rancid fart that like curdles and bubbles and just infects people's nostrils. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound like fun. Uh, Holy shit. Um, I was telling you off mic, uh, cold segue here. Ready? Cold segue. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was telling you off Mike that uh, I had a library story, but I wanted to save it for the pod. Yes. Yes, you were. Uh, Yes. Tell tell me this library story. So when I was a junior in high school, you know the one. Yeah. (laughs) Grade 11. Yes. Yeah. As they would say in Canada, north of the border. Shout out to Dustin. Um, Dustin's Canadian. You know that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't care. Um, but grade 11, you know, whatever, junior year. I'm at the Beaverton Library, the Beaverton City Library, not affiliated with my high school at all. It's a public library for the city of Beaverton, Oregon. And me and my friend, Sean, shout out to Sean, mm-hmm. uh, we were going every week to study for the AP test for U.S. history. Because, of course, you can take AP U.S. history at most high schools, I would have to imagine. Yes. Uh, and we were. And I was doing very bad in the class. <laughs> I was like, man, the only way to get actually something out of this class is to actually take the AP test and maybe get some college credit, you know, knocked out, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we would go to this library every day, not every day, once a week after school. We would go to 7-Eleven, get our snack. Mason, guess what I would get as my snack? Uh, a, a plain tortilla. You know it, one plain tortilla, and they every time I'd walk in, they'd I'd be like, "How much?" And the guy behind the counter would go, "You know what? That one's on the fucking house." <laughs> and that would happen every single week. <laughs> I say, "Are you serious?" And he'd go, "I'm more than serious, and don't call me Shirley." <laughs> is what he would say. Awesome. Yeah. So that was cool. So I got a lot of free snacks <laughs> at Seven Eleven. Um, but my a bodega for us up in the Pacific Northwest. That's our bodega. Right. There's not yeah. a lot of Seven Elevens in Chicago, are there? There's a lot. I don't know. Um, okay, I so had I actually. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know if I uh, told you this when you were when you visited me this past June, uh, but I was in a privileged position in my very first apartment to have three Seven Elevens actually with a pretty decent close walking distance to me. One was one was right on basically on the corner of um, Southport and Clark where they kind of triangle and Southport ends and Clark keeps going. But that 7-Eleven, unfortunately, does not exist anymore. But don't fear, Chicago okay. listeners, if you okay. are in the area and okay. you need to go to 7-Eleven, there's one on Irving and there's one on Montrose right off Great. Southport. So, yep. Let's cool. name some more Chicago streets. Uh, Michigan Avenue, uh, Addison, Wabash. Uh, 36th. South Shore 36, Drive. 36 is not specific to Chicago, you fucking monster. Please oh, shit, keep sorry. this in the um, game. Uh, State, uh, State Street. Artesian. Yes, yeah, State Street, Artesian. Clyborne. Um, Clyborne, Kedzie Boulevard. Um, We've got uh, LaSalle, Damon. we got LaSalle, Damon, Western. <laughs> this is awesome. People love this. <laughs> Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. This is the official <laughs> podcast of the city of Chicago. Lori Lightfoot told me herself. Well, and you know you know how I feel about her. I think she's hot. Um, <laughs> so, she don't want to fuck her. Um, and so, anyway, I would get free tortillas from a bodega called 7-Eleven <laughs> and then go to the Beaverton City Library with Sean and we would study for the AP test for U.S. history. 
And one day, we were in the library, being quiet, mm-hmm. as libraries have a tendency to do these days. That's a Brett Gelman reference, a very specific Brett Gelman reference that maybe Rocky will get if he actually listens to the show, unlike the fake fan that he is. I know he doesn't fucking listen to the show all the time, you fucking yeah. monster. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, pal. So, um, we were sitting in the library, being quiet, and there's a man next to us. This is in 2014, mind you. Uh, and he is checking Instagram on the desktop. Let's which, go. You know, uh, that is somewhat yeah. of a Galaxy Brain move because the, yeah. the that website is truly meant to only be looked at on your phone in the truest sense. Have Have you ever looked at Instagram on your desk on a desktop browser? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's pretty insane and unusable. <laughs> yeah, you can't do anything other than message people. Like you can't do you can't do any of the like interactive features in terms of photo. Doesn't matter. Everyone's you done can't this. even everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has done this. I need to fucking explain how it works on the desktop. But this man in 2014 was using the library Wi-Fi and gateway computer from 1996 to look at mm. Instagram on the desktop. And I was like, that's interesting. My friend Sean pointed that out to me. I was like, oh, that's stupid and dumb. Uh, so then we keep studying for the test. And then, I kid you not, Mason, this was mm. like a glitch in the Matrix moment. Because the next time we looked up at this man, he was convulsing in his chair with a, like, fucking... Oh, my God. What was what were those old websites? GeoCities? It was like a GeoCities website. Like, yeah. really shitty, like, red text on, like, a black background. And it like Holy looked shit. like it was like a portal to hell, almost like it was like some digital portal to hell. And he was like Sounds, convulsing wow. in his chair, and like it, we just like I all I could say to my friend was like, I think he's ascending into heaven right now. Like I think that's like what's happening. And so we always talk about ascending, me and my friend. It was kind of scary, and then he just stopped. I think he genuinely maybe had a seizure in that moment, like a very small one. But Did, nobody like, cared. Yeah, did anyone, like, attend to this fella or anything? Or I think the opposite. I think everyone just ignored him, to be honest with you. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, like, the, the library staff was like, oh, that's that's old Seizure Sean. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's, that is that's just... shake, 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 shaky Sean over there just fucking rattling around in the chair. He does this every fucking Wednesday or whatever. Every single day he goes, he, every single Wednesday he comes and uses uh, the, the browser to the desktop to check Instagram and go to ytmnd.com and have a seizure. And then we just, he goes on Damn. his way. Did you yeah. ever go on YMTM, You're the Man Now YTMND? Dog? YTMND? I was, You're the Man Now Dog.com sometimes, yes. But I feel like I was on the very, like, the just the crest of that wave. You know, like, right before people were moving their shit posting to, uh, well. Something awful. Something, well, I wasn't even on something awful, but I'm trying, I'm saying that, like, the time that I spent, uh, could have spent going on YTMND.com if I was slightly older, was more spent, like, watching YouTube poops. You know, yeah, that's true. You're a huge YouTube poop kid. We've talked about. This Loved before. YouTube poops. Loved YouTube poops. I'm kind of behind on that. On that now, they're, I know they're still making them, but now they're like 30 minutes long, and I'm just like, yeah, you're you're more you're you're, you're catching up with the back catalog of the nostalgia critic right now. It's, I it's have, about yeah, you I spend am. Spend your free time when you're not podcasting. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes the episodes are even late to get posted because I'm behind. I'm just catching up and seeing what. <laughs> I'm rewatching the wall review um, just because it's I, I mean, it came too late to end up on my top 10 of last year, but that would have been my number one movie and album of 2020. That's good. Oh, that was 2019. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. You had an opportunity, like meant- man. You had an opportunity, yeah, opportunity to put it on there. 
It did. Put it on the list for sure. Hey. Um, hey. 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 I just. Welcome to the show. You're the man now. It's on the list. Just, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. Is from a movie that's actually on my secret list to one day bring on the show. That is correct. Yes. Uh, find, uh, finding Forrester. That's not a secret. I don't know. I was trying to be. You are you are one of the most insane people I know, but for such like little things like that, like that is so fucking crazy that you just did that. I love that, dude. Uh, should we introduce this stupid show for once? I think so. You know what I re- you know what I'm realizing right now, looking at the Zoom screen. What's that? You have a thin mustache and a thick little chin chin of chinny chin chin of hair there, and I have a little thicker mustache. My uh, my scruff is coming in, so we're like kind. Of, if we kissed, it would be the perfect op. It would be like the perfect like facial hair <laughs> situation. Welcome to it's on the list. This is a podcast <laughs> about underrated albums, movies, and a whole lot more. It's actually Woo. the official podcast of Chicago. Even more so, it is the official podcast of the Fox syndicated program Family Guy. Yes, yes. Congratulations on finally getting that secured for us, Chef. I know it's a big deal for you. Yeah, no problem. I just spend you spend all your off time on the pod watching nostalgia critic shit. I spend all my mm-hmm. off time, you know, getting a trademark for us, going through the patent yeah. process. It's no big yeah. deal. Um and I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. I'm 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 I appreciate you putting that work in, securing us an LLC, an LLC, getting us some some deals, some uh at some sponsorship deal. My name is like Noah that. Marger and with me as always yes. is my co-host and Sleepy let's see we got Sleepy Joe Biden, the funny mm-hmm. talking dog, mm-hmm. uh, Poopsie Magoo, or whatever I called you that one episode. It was something like that. Um, but you know him probably like I know him, how I was introduced to this freak. Uh, just simply as Mason. Mason McGuire. Mason, how's hey. it hanging? Uh, man, uh, low and slow. Low and slow in the city of Chicago today, folks. On... The day that we were freed from Facebook forever. How are you doing over in sunny old uh, Los Angeles? Funny talking um, baby. Not good, but um, not going to talk about that. <laughs> right. No need to get into that. <laughs> no, not going to talk about that. Uh, I'm ultimately fine. Ultimately, everything's fine. Just extremely stressed um, for a lot of reasons. But the reason I'm going to tell you guys why I'm stressed it's because I had to put together a goddamn list from the last year, and it freaked uh, me out. Yes, it is. Trust me out. It is. We are releasing this uh, this episode to correspond with our two year anniversary. Yeah! <laughs> Though we recorded episode, no, Noah and I met in August of 2019. We recorded, I believe, five episodes. That were that uh, got dropped on October 9th, seventh, twenty nineteen, seventh, twenty nineteen, and um, we celebrated that last year by uh, switching the schedule up a little bit and just releasing an episode on the day of our anniversary, and we are doing the same this year. Uh, two years doing this. Stupid podcast. <laughs> Could have said it better sworn enemy. <laughs> with my sworn enemy. <laughs> yeah. I actually was going to say stupid pod. Legitimately was going to say this doing this stupid podcast for two years. 
Um, I was going to say with my best friend. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. I know how you feel about me in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're, you're showing enemy. your ass. You're showing your ass to the to the, well, you're 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 talking about your ass more or less because they can't see this shit. They don't. We don't do video. We no. don't do video on this fucking show. No, we are pivoting even farther into audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, what's popular right now? Putting clips on TikTok, <laughs> doing video in a log so you can watch along. No, we're actually <laughs> we're actually gonna be like. Putting everything behind the paywall from now on, so can't even listen yep. to the free shit anymore. Um, but Mason, last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. we did an episode, a very long episode, um, about the ten favorite things from the first year of the show, and there were some stipulations for each of our mm-hmm. lists. We each made a separate list. I can't put anything on my list that I brought to the show. You can't put anything on your list that you brought to the show, as well as anything that you hadn't seen or heard prior. Is yes. that fair to say? Neither of us could bring on something that we had seen ahead of, seen before the recording, or that we brought on. But this year, and this anniversary, there was a slight, slight uh, asterisk by one of those, because I don't know it. Longtime listeners will probably remember my ill-fated experiment to only bring on things that I had never seen before. And those are actually in play uh, for me personally because they are technically new to the list or new yeah. to me. Um, but they're, uh, when I was looking at the sort of the topics and things that were new to me, weren't a ton of them. Um, I'm not going to spoil if they show up on the list or not, but uh, we had a pretty good and pretty, I think, varied selection uh, and deep list of things to bring on uh, either of us could have brought on to make these these lists here I feel I was really um, surprised and actually delighted to look over the last year or so and see what that kind of all entailed uh, I don't know what it was like for you what was it like for you um, looking back at this past year so uh, two things on that the first year we really focused on bringing guests on more so than right. we did the second year um, the second year, you and I actually focused a little bit more. We, I think, we dropped our guest rate usually like in by two thirds. I think we only tried to bring on a guest every three episodes, give us both a chance to bring on some more stuff that we actually like. A lot of reasons for doing that, but mostly just so that you and I could talk about shit that we like, you know, as opposed yeah. to always having a guest come on. Um, and we love our guests. We do, and I also kind of feel we love like, most. Of, we love most of our guests. We love most of our guests. Yes, I feel like, but I also feel like it was like we were very guest heavy during our first year because it was like pandemic time, and there was like a couple ways that you could like see and hang out with people, and one of them yeah. was making a podcast. You know, um, centering a podcast around the idea of this, but really just <laughs> hanging out for two hours. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but we did. We did cut down on the on the guests this 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 past year, um, and I feel like that has um, well. I like I like the opportunity to bring on stuff that I'm familiar with. I like the opportunity to get to know your taste a little bit more. Um, no, you and don't, again, but that's okay. You don't have to say that. <laughs> you don't you don't have to you don't have to lie and say that. But that's fine. I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, but in any case, yeah, that's but that's. I guess to right. answer, I guess to answer your question, looking back on this last year, at first. Before I really, just in my head, before I actually did the work of, like, whittling things down and writing everything down that I liked and, you know, putting things away and putting things, you know, reorganizing whatever, 
before I even started doing that, my first thought was, damn, am I even going to have 10 things? That was truthfully my first mm. thought because it was mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> when you do the show every week, more or less, for a whole year, you just for, end up forgetting about stuff that was like late 2020, early 2021, yeah. especially when you're prepping and you know moving forward so much. You don't really get a chance to like reflect as much about with a thing. You pretty much get to sit with it, talk about it on the show, and then maybe it hangs around, but you're pretty much moving on to the next thing. So that was where my head was at. I was like, damn, am I even going to have like 10 really solid things to get on the list? And I will say this. I don't know about you. I pretty much knew what my number one was going to be when I started making the list, more or less. Um, Very cool. But two through ten, a fucking Sisyphean task, my friend. Wow. A Herculean task. I was shocked how difficult this was for me, especially thinking, man, it's going to be a piece of cake to find the things because I don't know how many of these things I actually, quote unquote, liked enough to add to the list, but... Everything that I'm going to talk about, including the honorable mentions that I'm going to talk about, everything is deserving of being on this list. Pretty much everything would be, I don't want to say everything would be a full recommend, but there are things I really enjoyed enough to consider like my favorites of the last year. So number one, I pretty much knew what it was going to be. Two through ten, and then deciding what had to not make the top ten list officially. Kind of brutal, honestly. This was tough for me. This was really, really tough. And I think I said it last year, too. But goddamn, man, this was tough. I spent the last two weeks, basically, just every like every single day, at least a little bit, looking at the list, re-listening to things, not really re-watching stuff, ultimately, just because it's like, okay, don't mm-hmm. really have the time to fucking sit down and re-watch every movie that we watched during the last year. But re-watching scenes, getting re-familiar with things that maybe were late 2020, early 2021. So this was a bitch, man. This was hard. But I th- I got it. I got my you list, got and I feel good about what I have. What about you? I think for me, it was the work that I kind of had to do was, f- like, what I started off was just, like, kind of making a Google spreadsheet and listing just kind of the topics of every single episode and then taking out um, what I had already seen or listened to all the way through ahead of time um, and then looking at was like what was left over and seeing that big list was kind of daunting because there was a lot of stuff on there that I really liked but when I really set myself down I was like okay you have to choose roughly 10 and then you know five honorable mentions really thinking about like what were the ones that either stood out to me the most or that I would like be most keen to recommend to other people that were uh, presented to me that kind of became a little when I when I framed it that way it became a little easier I honestly didn't know what my number one was going to be um, when I started doing that, when I started doing that, uh, that work. But I'm, once I looked at, it was kind of like when I was making the list for the first year, once I kind of saw everything next to each other and ranked, I was like, oh, of course this is going to be my number one. This is like the, the big one for, um, for, for me, at least in this, in this last year, um, so I, it sounds like you really agonized over yours. I just kind of left it up to this, like sort of the process. I kind of I tried to go with the flow a little bit, um, but I I I love this list that I have here together. I think that's a pretty. I'm gonna be a little stinker for one choice. I promise. No. A little stinker for one. No, Mason. No, don't be a stinker for one choice. Or for one ranked. Or for one list. Or for one rank. I think. 
Um, but I think that you will be happy with. Um, I think some things are gonna uh, make you a little a little pissed off, but I think some things you're gonna really like. Why are you so without- fucking afraid of me? Why are you afraid of me? Hmm? Oh, Don't I'm not afraid. afraid. I'm just trying to. Pr- I'm just trying to call my shot. I'm like Babe Ruth standing at home base, like trying, like saying I'm gonna hit it right to the to the stands, baby. You're, I'm just saying. You think you're Baby Ruth? Or excuse me. You think you're Babe Ruth? <laughs> I think you're the Baby Ruth from the Sandlot, floating in the goddamn pool. That's what I, I thought think. you were trying to. I thought you were gonna try to. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's what I funny. think about you. That's funny. I thought you. I thought you were kind of tr- trying to call me like a damn candy bar or something. <laughs> no, you're a shit. You're a, you're something that you're something that everyone's afraid of, so they get out of the pool and then they realize that you're like a not that good candy bar. That's what they. That's what they realize. Like, oh fuck, what the hell? This shit yeah. sucks. Give me that damn yeah, Twix. Give me that damn. Yeah, dude. Okay, real quick. Oh, I love to. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Fuck mm-hmm. what we were gonna do. Let's do candy bars real quick. What do you like? Yeah. Uh, I th- uh, <laughs> just an Twix. hour and a half of candy bars, and then we just don't get to this shit. I think Twix is probably my favorite candy bar, like a, a bar, like not just like candy candy. Um, because I'm a gummy guy. I love my Swedish Fish. I love my Sour Patches. Sour Patch Watermelon is my favorite um movie theater candy. But if I'm going like like a bar candy, really the the only one that I I want and want to get is a Twix because you get two of those suckers in one package. You get chocolate, you get peanut butter, you get a little wafer. What's not to like? Uh, or caramel, a, a little wafer. Always loved the Twix. Always been a Twix guy. Um, I don't know if this counts as a candy bar per se, but I am very keen on Reese's, just the, the, the peanut butter cups. I love yeah, a peanut those, butter Yeah, those cup. are kind of their own thing, I feel like. Those, are, those aren't yeah. really a bar. Do you know anyone who just straight up eats like a Hershey bar? If they're like, I'm going to have a candy bar. Because I feel like no one does that. No, I would only do that if, like, um, you know, when I was growing up, we had a, a big yard and would have bonfires. And when you have bonfires, oh, yeah, you would yeah. get s'mores s'mores materials. And you'd always overbuy the s'mores materials for the party. And the only time when I was like, oh, I'm going to have regular old Hershey bars if they were, like, like, the only candy in the house, basically. Um, but I don't know if I ever went out of my way. Like, I was at 7-Eleven or something, and I saw, like, a Hershey bar um, in the case being just like, let me get a thin piece of milk chocolates, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, yeah, if you're fucking making some more, you know, snag a square or whatever, but no one's going what's your, out of their What's way. your candy bar? What's your go-to candy bar? Uh, Twix is probably there as well. I'm a huge Kit Kat guy, too. I love a Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kat's rip. Kit Kats yeah. are really good. I also really like a Butterfinger in the right scenario, but Butterfingers are pretty crumbly, so yeah, I'm not trying to get all that shit on my shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I get my I get shit on my shirt. Okay. That's yeah. fine. I know. Sometimes you run out of toilet paper, you got to improvise. Yeah. Sometimes you run out of toilet paper, so you got to use your Go Hogs from University of Arkansas college tea. Hey, basically the same damn thing. Diploma from there yeah. is just as good as TP. Yeehaw! Hey, there we go. Yeehaw! Should we do the show the way we? Should we do the show? Should we do the show the way we talked about doing the show for the last month now? Yeah, I think it's appropriate. Um, before we dive into the actual top ten lists, I have some stats mm-hmm. that I want to share with you guys. Some things that won't be appearing on my list because I hadn't. Because I had heard, seen slash heard them, otherwise they would have been eligible, but 
Unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I had seen slash heard them before bringing them onto the show, they are not eligible. We're keeping it new to you type shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've got some honorable mentions. It sounds like, Mason, you also have some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. You want my stats first? Give me some fucking stats, dude. I'm ready. Got three stats for you. Mm-hmm. The album to movie ratio on my list, quite mm. high. Eight mm. albums, two movies. Just mm. two movies this time around. Wow. So that's that. Okay. Yeah. Guest picks versus Mason picks is the next stat. Mm-hmm. Could go one of two ways. You're going to have to tell me when we end up getting to that item. I have it as six Mason picks, four guest picks, but I could see it as seven Mason picks, three guest picks. You're going to have to tell me when we get to the item whether or not it counts as a you or a guest hmm. item. Hmm. Okay, curious. 2020 versus 2021, obviously most of our year is spent in the new year because of our October, you know, sort of celebration. But I still got three 2020 picks on my list. So in that short two months of November and December when we were doing the show last year, I got some stuff. So 2020 was fruitful for me. So that's what I got in terms of stats, some things that won't be appearing on my list because I had seen slash heard them before. Unfortunately, Billy the Kid will not be appearing on my list because I had seen it before. Mm -hmm. Twin Fantasy by Car Seat Headrest will not be appearing because I had heard that before. Matinee by our friend Joe Dante will not be appearing on my list because I had seen Mm. it prior to the show. And very sad, very sad that this one could not be included because it definitely would have been on the list. And it may have even been number one had I not heard it before. That is Magnolia Electric Co. by Magnolia Electric Co., whatever you want to call that. Songs Songs Ohio, Jason Molina, whatever you want to say. So those will not be appearing on my list, unfortunately, and probably all of them would have if I hadn't seen them prior to the show. Those fucking rip. Those are all full recommends. Now, Mason, here are my five honorable mentions. Are you ready? Can you handle this? Uh, I'm ready, hey. I'm ready for this. I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. Number five. Hold on. Number five. Come on. Okay. Not doing that every single time. But I'm going to do it for all the honorable mentions. Uh, (laughs) Number five. I don't know if this... I think this is going to shock you for a Mm. lot of reasons. Coming at number five from episode 75, Blood Bitch by Jenny Haval. Wowee. (laughs) Wait, you weren't even... Okay, so you weren't on that episode. You weren't on that episode. That's a little, little... Interesting, interesting. Okay. sneaky. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. a very interesting album. Uh, I listened to it in prep for this because wasn't there uh, for that. You know, obviously that was during my road... That was during my road days. That was during my road dog days. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I uh, I think that it's a very interesting... It almost feels like a... It almost feels like an audio diary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I recently listened to... I didn't finish the episode, haha. Uh, but I recently listened to most of the episode where you and Marin talked about Blood Bitch and The Rage, Carrie 2 or whatever. Um and I've, if I had been in that conversation, that would have been a would have been a very different conversation because I would have been talking about how it's the pussy album, how it's how it's an album, how it's an album about vaginas, yep. and I would have been talking about that a lot. So mm-hmm. thank God I wasn't there for that. 
<laughs> Thank fucking God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a very interesting album uh, and one that I've not been able to forget, ultimately, uh, since hearing it. So I think it deserves an honorable mention. I'm not going to do the fucking, fucking drum roll shit. Number four, uh, Sorry Chris. President's Analyst didn't quite make it onto the list, but mm. I really enjoyed it nonetheless. Had to be an honorable mention. And it was on the list at one point. It was number 10 mm. at one point. Uh, and unfortunately, it did get dropped. Uh, as well as number three for honorable mentions, what would have been number 13, Songs of Constantine Orbelian by Constantine Orbelian, both from Chris's episode. It just, they were just all right on the edge the entire time, but ultimately there were things that I just ultimately end up enjoying more, but I would still recommend all that shit. Uh, it's very interesting, very fun, makes me feel like I'm on a cruise ship. Uh, number two, again, this was also on the list at one point. From our Sean and Cass episode, from our Very Ape episode, Pure Guava by Ween. I know I had mm. a Ween album on our 2019-2020, our, our one-year anniversary show, uh, The Mollusk. And it, this one, again, was also number 10 for a while, but I had to just keep listening to things, had to keep re-listening to things and see sort of what was going on. And it was there, and just things just kept getting, just keep, kept, kept replacing it. And same with this number one, which was actually higher than number 10 at one point, but then I did a lot of restructuring to the list. And the number one honorable mention that I was very taken by and almost made the top 10 list, and I wish I could find a place for it on the official list, Now and Then, from the Heaven Ramirez episode. Mm. I ended up watching Mm -hmm. that, and I thought it was very charming. A very charming movie. Basically, if you want to be reductive about it, it's Stand By Me for Girls, but it's really not. It's really kind of its own thing and deals with different issues, and I was very charmed by it. I love those kind of movies, and I was very charmed uh, by just the whole production of it, and that's definitely a movie that people need to seek out uh, and see if they haven't because I feel like it just sort of gets swept under the rug. But unfortunately, doesn't quite make the official list. Those are my five honorable mentions. Mason, what do you got? So I didn't rank my honorable mentions. I just kind of have a list here. Um, also on my honorable mentions list is the songs of Constantine Orbelian from the Chris uh, T episode. Loved that uh, how, like, um, uh, had not heard a single Armenian jazz album before, but I loved how both um, familiar and foreign it, it, it sounded. Um, and I think it's worth a listen to from folks. Um, from uh, the uh, Patrick Yaguno episode, Joe versus the Volcano, really was hot on that movie um, in the discussion, and I really think that it's worth people's time. Couldn't find a place for it on my 10. Uh, I have two actually Jack Freiberger choices. Both The Towering in Inferno and Cool for Cats ended up on my honorable mentions. Towering Inferno was on my list for a little bit, actually, and in a pretty high position I want to say but I just it came down between that movie and another movie um, and I elected to make a little switcheroo kind of at the last minute actually because I was like you know if I had only 10 of these movies and albums and whatever to bring onto a desert island I would rather have this kind of I'll say smaller more intimate more human movie than this big um, star-studded spectacle from the 70s. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather have uh, Crazy Stupid Love to rewatch the ending. 
but I think uh, the Towering Inferno is just uh, just a tremendous just sort of like uh, flex of both star power and just production value uh, at a time when you had to do a lot of things practically and things that you couldn't do practically. You had to be very, very creative with. Um, and I had a blast watching that movie when we had Jack on. And this is probably this one, I will say, was my number 11 choice would be my number 11 choice. If you are familiar with speech and debate, this would be your finalist position. Uh, this is down by the old mainstream. The uh, what? Smug. Are You'll you see? fucking kidding me? That didn't make the list. Made number eleven. Dude, you are fucked up for that one. Are you fucking serious? It's number eleven. I hate that. I fucking hate that. Too I bad. can't believe that's not on the list. You're insane. You literally told me this is one of the best things we've ever brought on the show. I hate you. <laughs> I, I want you to jump out your fucking window right now behind you. I want you to crash and burn, and I want you to get the damn Starbucks because I know you love it. I know you got to have that shit in the morning. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm tr- I truly am shocked. I thought that was going to be in the top three for you, Mason. Well, um, like I said, when I was going through my process, when I was making my list, um... I had a different. I had different. I had a different mindset about it, but it was hard for me to keep that off. All right, you want to get into the actual list itself? God damn, fucking! I'm in a bad. I'm in a. I'm in a bad place now. Oh, you! You unlock the beast, Mason. The beast. <laughs> the beast is out. Uh, yeah, Mason, you get us started. What's your number ten? My number ten, and this is my little stinker position. I have a tie for tenth place, and my no. Tie, All right, my tie. Are two short films that my friend Noah brought on the show. Okay, that's fine. Those films are Opal by Jack Stauber and Calabasas One Twenty Five Twenty One, um, which it's one twenty six twenty. So clearly, you don't like one twenty six twenty. Well, I just have it on my notes here as Calabasas because we all know what we're talking about here. Right. Um, the short form is an underappreciated form of filmmaking, and it's kind of only for the real heads, if you want to say it that way. Um, but there is, because of the limitations of that form, it can be extremely um, uh, uh, experimental and sometimes super impactful what you can get off with that. Uh, in the case of Opal, um, the sort of multimedia, sort of multi-media um, uh, um, approach that Jack Stauber has, the sort of uh, uh, how he made that film and the story that he was telling with that, uh, and also that being our most cursed episode by far. <laughs> yeah, no fucking kidding, dude. Um, loved that short film. It stuck with me for a long time after, and it was such a treat when it either it started to like kind of make the rounds in my uh, in some of my little circles. There, I saw people like posting it and uh, talking about it, and I was like, yeah, I feel really cool that Noah showed this to me and brought it on the show, and more people are discovering it and discovering uh, Jack Stauber, who I think has just like a a a, a one in a million voice, one in a million creative voice. Um, with Calabasas, uh, 12620. Yeah, you nailed it, You nailed it. 12620. That is sort of a testament to the, um, like, thinking on your feet and being resourceful and um, just doing the best with what is, like, kind of, uh, maybe unideal circumstances and it becomes this very um, uh, uh, it becomes a very uh, insightful I think 
portrait of a particular moment in our history um, and uh, like highlights how we deal with grief highlights how we deal with um, uh, celebrity how we deal with with the cameras being on us at all times just a really tremendous short film both of those are available on the internet for you to for viewers to watch and you know if they're in the links for those particular up ep- the links the links are in the description for those particular episodes so I would say go out and uh, watch them if you haven't already both are great one's a piece of animation uh, the other is a documentary uh, the documentary is one of the best looks one of the most authentic looks at living in Los Angeles that I've ever seen uh, absolutely huge snapshot in like you said very unintended circumstances surrounding that uh, film but it's what happens when you're out doing shit and what happens when you uh, have the desire to make things you you uh, improvise at the end mm-hmm. of the day you know and if he hadn't been out if Xavier Rotnovsky hadn't been out there trying to do his shit he just wouldn't have had a great film ultimately because he just would have turned around and gone home uh, and he has an amazing film uh, to show for his stick to uh, and then Opal is just madness it's just a delight to watch and we're coming back up on the spooky season Mason so it's time to crack Ooh. Opal back at crack open a cold mm-hmm. Opal with the boys I would say yep absolutely absolutely alright what's your number 10 my number 10 this is from November of 2020. This is episode okay. number 49. This is from okay. the Patrick Yaguno episode. Hopefully mm, I said your name right, Patrick. Okay. I apologize. I know you're fucking listening to this show right now. Uh, Extraordinary Machine by Fiona Apple, number 10. Yeah, yeah. That one was a really hard one for me to leave off of my, off of my lists there. It's really good. Uh, I wish it was higher, but... It's one of those where it's like, damn, certain songs on this album crush so hard. I genuinely think the title track, Extraordinary Machine, is a top three song that we've ever covered on this show. Like, ever. Mm. I think that song is, like, step on me with, like, a nine-inch heel good. <laughs> like, it's it's that good. Sure, yeah. S- step on my sack with your 25-inch heel, dig it into my scrote, and caused me to bleed out in the emergency room good uh such a jazzy such a raucous album i love her voice it she's so talented it's unfortunate in the sense that we only get an album from her like once every like six to seven years it feels like you know we don't have a lot of fiona apple music and it's only in a Mm -hmm. selfish way that i say unfortunate because she's just so goddamn talented um but every album and every song of hers feels expertly crafted and Extraordinary Machine is no uh, no different I really like this yeah. album I wish it was higher um, because it's the songs that hit really fucking hit but there's ultimately just some songs that don't really hit as hard and I could really do without them you know ultimately in the grand scheme of things but I still really enjoy this album as a whole uh, my favorites include the title track Extraordinary Machine Oh Sailor Better Version of Me Oh Well and the final track Waltz Un- parentheses better version of me it's great it's number it's 10 on my album. list hell yeah number nine on my list this is from this is uh this is you got nothing else to uh, say about extraordinary machine um 
I'm uh, I it is unfortunate it was left off of my list. I uh don't have anything other for uh, reason for that other than it was just sort of like going off of vibe there. Oh well, I think is my favorite on that track and I on that album and I like how it kind of that album sort of splits the difference between her um sort of symphonic output from when she was younger, like kind of more uh, 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 like strings and sort of like orchestral sounds and then her kind of sp- sparser sounds that have been characteristic of her last two albums. Um, also the sort of like the the wrangling of that, that album from uh, having to kind of break it down and build it back up again. I really totally. like. Um, but that's it. I think it's a tremendous album. I think uh, it's probably like a Fiona Apple album and has songs on there that would I would guess probably be like the last one that people would think to to check out, but it, you're really missing something if you don't give it a shot. I believe. I agree. Love it. What's your number nine? All right, number nine. Uh, this one was one te- that technically I brought on the show, but hadn't seen before. One false move. Carl Franklin's one false move. Uh, just like orange juice or the opposite of orange juice is give me all the motherfucking pulp you got uh that movie is very specific for my tastes i love a crime movie i love a fucking uh just movie uh i love how that movie is very patient with how it doles out its information its revelations it's not like a a wang uh a whiz bang kind of like action crime movie it's all about people and their relationships and how they get like kind of twisted and how um, you inevitably have to de- like have to address. I don't even want to say the sins of your past, but you can never truly escape your past. You have to either return to it at some point, uh, or it's going to come back and make itself reveal itself to you. Just I think just a tremendous piece of craft um, that I really really respect. And I, I uh, Carl Franklin also has one of my, is a truly I think underappreciated and underrated director of movies like that. Uh, I. During pandemic, I watched uh, Out of Time, the Denzel Washington movie, which he also directed, and Devil in a in a Blue Dress, both of which I think are are Out of Time is like the more traditionally I think like it's super fast paced, it's super it's it's breathless. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress is a great uh, neo noir from the '90s, but it all started with one false move, uh, and you can really see the makings of an impressive career to come in that movie you got bill paxton giving uh you know one of the best to ever do it uh one of the most underrated actors of his generation absolutely a hundred percent um that's why it's on my list i have no i am not expecting it to show up anywhere close to your list this is very much a macy's a macy's choice uh position there but love that love that movie uh keen to revisit it uh here's the thing actually um I would, if I had rewatched it in preparation for this episode, which I did not. Right. I'm not going to say it would have ended up on my list, but I think it would have, it would have improved because it has sat with me. Because I don't, I think I was more or less just like, okay, this is like whatever. You know, I don't think I disliked it, but I think I was just sort of like neutral to lukewarm on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think at the time, if I'm remembering correctly. It sat with me in a little bit more, and, you know, I'm like, okay, I would give this another spin. I would give this another shot. You know, I'm always, you know, I don't dislike a crime movie. I don't dislike a thriller. I actually enjoy both of those genres, and when they're done well, you know, I think they're interesting. And I would give this one another spin if I had mm-hmm. the time and the, you know, whatever, the chutzpah 
uh, to have rewatched this for this episode. Mm. I, I think it would have sat better with me. Ultimately, I'm not saying it would have actually made the list or even the honorable mentions, but I don't dislike that at all. I don't even I don't dislike the movie. I don't dislike Carl Franklin. I would love to actually see Out of Time. I think Out of Time seems really fun, to be honest with you. Well, maybe, maybe. So my number nine, <laughs> my number nine, <laughs> Mason. I want to talk mm-hmm. about me now. Um, mm-hmm. Mason, my number nine. Mm-hmm. It's from March of 2021. Okay. It's from episode 61. And okay. this, I think, this was my biggest fall on the list, ultimately. Okay. This was at one point in the top five on mm-hmm. my list, and mm-hmm. now it is number nine. I knew it had mm-hmm. to be included somewhere, but I re-listened to it, and I was like, you know what? There's things that I just in- ended up enjoying more, possibly, on re-listen and sort of in retrospect than this. So this is mm-hmm. probably my biggest, this is my biggest fall of the list. But I what still really fall, enjoy Master this album. Wayne? What do we what? fall? <laughs> what do we fall? We fall on the Joker. <laughs> we fall right on the Joker's asshole. We're falling in there right now. <laughs> Get him, Alfred. <laughs> bring, bring in the Joker's asshole, Alfred. Mason number nine, Artificial Age by Prince. Let's go. All right. All yes, right. Chef. Very cool. So Love that. That's uh, awesome. Like I said, it's the biggest drop of the list. I think I had it number four at one point, actually. It was that, it was that high on the list Holy but just shit. Okay. R- sort of reordering things and you know seeing where things stack up and ultimately you know giving things their proper re-listen or looking back on things and you know maybe re-listening to certain parts of certain episodes about how I felt about certain mm-hmm. movies ultimately this ended up at number nine uh, but that's not an indictment of the album it's actually just praise for the other things on the list ultimately on my list uh, it's funky it rocks this could mm-hmm. be us. Another song that I think is one of the best songs that we've ever covered on this show. I think that song is "Dynamite," as they yeah. say. Um, yeah, I think I even said it on the episode, but I'll say it again. If you aren't, if you haven't heard that episode, for whatever reason, if you haven't heard that episode for whatever reason, you don't have to tell me what mm-hmm. it is, but you should have heard it mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. You guys, <laughs> you freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like listened to that song on the iTunes store and it actually may have been one of the last songs that I bought on iTunes before I like switched over to Spotify like full time. Mm. Uh yeah. so I have like very like present memories of being on the homepage of the iTunes store in like 2014 and seeing this could be us for a dollar 29 for purchase. Uh yeah. and it's one of my last memories of that sort of era. Uh but funk and roll rocks Time rocks, way back home yeah. rocks, clouds rocks. It's just, you couldn't stop this man. He's a legend, yeah. and he will be a legend for the rest of time, the rest of you know human history. He's one of the best to ever do it, and even in the later stages of his life, he was crushing it. And this album's cool. Yeah. He's like still experimenting, it sounds like, you know, even in the later stages of his life. And he's just one of the best, so I had to include it somewhere. Number nine. Hell yeah. I, I love that. I love that. That is, um, you know, I think when Pete printed such as like kind of an unimpeachably like, like one of the greatest hot streaks, I think, in just sort of like pop music from like the late seventies through arguably the early nineties that anything after that kind of gets, um, 
forgotten, even by me, and it was also hard to find his music like on streaming while he was uh, alive. You know, he was very right. protective with his with his rights there. Uh, and Artificial Age, I think, like can stand up with some of his um, strongest strongest work, and um, not. And also, I just think that the album cover itself is like one of the best. It's just so fucking yeah, cool looking. Um, great choice, great choice. My number eight, uh, from the Heaven Ramirez episode, one of your honorable mentions, Now and Then. Let's go! Let's go. I was really smitten by that movie. Yes, if you want to be reductive, you can call it Stand By Me for Girls, but it's a much, um, it's, it's a very, um, it's so, it's so sweet and good-hearted, and it just, like, um, you know, the whole thing with Stand By Me is that, like, you have these friends and these people that you, um, like, these relationships that you have, and they're very, like, kind of ethereal, and they're there, and then they're gone. And, you know, there's, there's a truth to that, and that's, you know, I think that's why, and, and particularly that, that portrait of that, of an age in that time, very true, it's very resonant, it's, Stand By Me is one of the most, you know, just a, just a great, well-crafted movie. But what I like about Now and Then is it's, like, it also has this, this uh, uh, an honesty to it where it's you have these friends for this period of time, but also that period of time that you are friends and grow up together like that is a bond that will never break and will never disappear. And you can go off in your separate directions. You can people can go and uh, like the Demi Moore character can go and be like the successful author or whatever and then come back. Um, but you're always going to have something there that you can return to with these friends. And I don't think that there's a lot of movies like that. Um, and I don't particularly, uh, and, and I think that it was just also so sweet and so funny. Uh, and one of my favorite um, things that a, a guest brought on. And so I had to put it on there. Uh, I just love a movie about friendship, you know? Totally. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's really why I wanted to find a place for it on my 10. Uh, I feel like I moved it up and down a little bit, but I'm really comfortable with where it's sitting right now. Um, but yeah, so you watched it on your own accord after, um, like, I guess, I guess hearing that episode, um, which... Didn't I, listen, to it. Nice. Didn't listen <laughs> didn't, to it. Yeah. Didn't listen to it. Just watched no. it. <laughs> just watched it All for right. the... for Actually, just for this, to be honest with you. I watched and listened to everything from my absence uh during my road trip uh my road dog years uh except for real life by albert brooks because i had seen that before and just don't really want to watch it again uh but i had seen it before so it wasn't like i had to get to but i rewatched and or i listened and watched everything else that i missed uh so i guess the two other movies and the three albums um and it's a really sweet movie and i think you're right at that you know there are very few movies about this intense period of your life where you're friends and you know I think when you're like that young like 8, 9, 10 or whatever mm-hmm. it's like not if you're like privy to like some of the craziness that goes on like the adult things that can happen to kids you know in your friends lives like that's pretty nuts you know to like yeah. be privy to that like I feel like a lot of that shit is often not talked about with kids in a in a you know I don't want to say truthful way but in a in a serious way you know it's kind of kept from them maybe for their own benefit but to watch a child empathize with another child mm-hmm. there's like nothing more touching 
to me, you know, in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie's really sweet, and it's such a good move that they didn't focus on the adults hardly at all. Like, the yeah. fact that that's even introduced at the beginning, I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be jumping back and forth, you know? And remember the time yeah. where we did this? It could have easily done that, but it doesn't. It really focuses on those kid actors who give great performances, real magical, real, you know, sunny, real warm uh, great soundtrack and great costumes, just mm-hmm. to boot. I'm really sad it couldn't end up on my list ultimately, but it was my position eleven. As you said, what did you call it? The finalist slot for the speech and debate. Slot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be my finalist slot as well. I really enjoyed this movie. Okay, my turn. Number eight. This is from episode sixty four, also from March, twenty twenty one. This is the one where I didn't know if it was your pick or the guest pick. But Mason, it's Black Terry Cat by Xenia Rubinos. Exciting. Interesting. Um, that was so I think I chose that and then brought Marin on specifically because I know that that's an album that she uh uh really liked. So let's split it down the middle. Half my choice, half guest choice. Um Perfect. but uh I love that it has a spot on your it has a spot on your list. It's uh it really I don't know if it was originally gonna be on the list, but I was like, I think I owe this one a re-listen because it feels like it was a long time ago, you know, and I wanted to refresh myself with what was really going on. And it's mm-hmm. just a fucking ride, you know. You're just, you, it's like it's like a a roller coaster that never gets too crazy where you're like, let me off, you know. But it like yeah. keeps ramping up. It keeps finding ways to get more exciting as it goes along. And she's got such a presence and such a swagger to her. Uh, and it's one of those classic albums where the personal is political and the political is personal and she's talking about a lot of cool stuff uh both on a just on an older you can just you can put the umbrella term identity but you use race gender class all that stuff she's talking mm. about it it's in the forefront but it's not preachy it's not didactic it's not you know hitting you over the head with it it's there yeah. and you get it and it's awesome uh some of my favorite tracks include where are we at here? Don't Want to Be, Mexican Chef, Lonely Lover, mm-hmm. and How Strange It Is. I think the end, think How Strange It Is, like, perfect ending to that album. You yeah. know, sort of just, yeah, in. Yeah, it's yeah. the in, in conclusion of the argument or of the ideas being stated in a very sassy, very biting. The lyrics in this are very biting, very cunning, very smart, very clever, and the music rocks. This is a great album. Had to be on the list. Yeah, like you mentioned, this was I had heard this album all the way through before, and so I had never uh, it couldn't get a spot on my list. Um, but I think Zinya Rubinos is one of my favorite just like musicians. I think she has an album. If it hasn't come out already, it's due very very soon. Um, and I love that she kind of has a multitudinous like kind of approach to her music. Like almost no two songs on that album sound the same. You totally. know. Um, she's, uh, in, incredibly talented and incredibly, um, and just the, the communication of her worldview, like you, you feel it and it's such a fun kind of almost breathless listen. Um, very happy that that made a spot on your list. All Thanks. right. All right. Number seven, again, a new to me choice that I technically brought on, but this is Joe Dante's matinee. Let's and go. This is a movie that when we talked about it in November of 2020, November 2020, late October, uh, with, uh, with Marissa Hecker. I don't know. 
Whatever. <laughs> Around that Sorry. time. All to say, all to say, we were still in the in the the heat the the, the dead heat of the first round of the pandemic. Uh, there was no vaccine on the horizon. We didn't know how much longer we would have to be, you know, staying inside with our with our tiny little touching our touching our tiny little peepees hanging out. Over well, with people. Speak, speak. Well, YouTube and everyone when they come on the show, and it's really awkward to do episodes with you after you do that. But uh, speak for yourself in terms of the tiny. But yeah, go off, go off, King. What do you? <laughs> what else? What else uh, you but that was a movie that like reminded me of how much I loved going to the motherfucking movies. And then when we could go to, when it was okay, you know, like once I got my shots and it was okay to go out again, going to the movies and really getting all that time in. Uh, or back, I should say, was something that uh, I. It's been my favorite thing to to do again. Is going back to the to the motion pictures there, uh, and this is. Uh, I, I think a lot about um, John Goodman's speech about it's sort of his like his character motivation, but about like the sort of primal, um, uh, uh, the the pr- why move going to the movies and sharing these communal experiences and just looking at light flickering on a wall is so just like primal and and part of our identity um it's also a tremendously funny and i think creative movie and um with like god john goodman i hope that we i hope john goodman doesn't die before you know the academy or, or whoever like just tells him like john you were one of the best to ever do it we love you brother yeah. you were just you everything you touched turned to gold even if you weren't in projects that were always gold you were one of like always gave it your all um always uh was a welcome presence on screen and he's not like i guess the star of that movie but it's it's it just he is the bright center of that movie um and the i didn't get a chance to see it at the music box it was one of actually the movies when they reopened the the theater that the music box like had showing um, didn't get a chance to see it on the big screen. I'm uh, really kind of kicking myself about that. Um, but even on the small screen, Matinee is a a tremendously um, just beautiful, kind of beautiful movie to me about community, about history, about um, uh, and just teamwork. Just the goddamn movies, baby. Teamwork, yeah, just the goddamn movies, baby. And see, and going to the movie, look, we should bring back having a guy in a rubber suit scare kids in a movie theater you know none of this marvel stuff anymore like just just have a guy at the goddamn amc that's in a big old like uh rubber suit and goes in and goes ooh, like at a scare a part in a scary movie that's what we should do again i'll let you uh i'll let you spearhead that campaign to start uh being close to kids in suits um mm-hmm. just saying i'm uh it's a joke relax um okay, okay relax just fucking hey, can you relax um John Goodman is one of the rare actors who it doesn't matter what the movie is, he's going to be good. doesn't matter. Yeah. He elevates all material that he's in, uh, even on, you know, TV. Uh, he's great in Roseanne, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. He's got such a presence, and uh, I hope that he doesn't kick the bucket before some institution recognizes him, even though it doesn't matter ultimately at the end of the day right. uh, what they think. Uh, it is just nice to be recognized, and I hope that he does get that recognition. And again, this is a bright, cheery, ultimately, like, you know, stargazy look at what movies can do. And in, during that time where we couldn't go out and convene in public uh, during the... I mean, there's December of 2020 is when this episode came out. 
Um, mm. It was like, God damn, let's just go to the movies. Come on. It's great. Love this movie. Yeah. Seen it before. Couldn't Love be on it. my list. Sorry. Just kidding. Uh, is it my number seven now? Is that where we're number at? Number seven for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mason. Check this out. We're ready for this. Oh, yeah. From June of 2021. Think, think, think. Episode 74. Think, think, think. Was Noah on that mm. episode? No, because mm. that's when Noah was on his trip. How could Noah hey, have something on his damn list from June of 2021? Well, I'll tell you, it's because I listened to the damn album and I really liked it. This is Team Sleep by Team Sleep at number no seven. Shit. Wow. Yes. Wow. Very sick. Very cool, dude. Go yeah. off, King. Go off, King. Go off, Queen. Huh. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, I listened to this. Not knowing anything about it, just knowing that it was covered on the show, and I'm like, I would like to have listened to the stuff that was not, I was not there for, uh, that was covered on the show. And I listened to this, and at first, I really hated it. I hated the way it started. I was like, I'm glad I wasn't there for this. I'm glad I got to, mm-hmm. you know, had an excuse not to, not to be on my show. And then all of a sudden, on Boulevard Nights, it clicked for me. And I awesome. loved... The rest of this experience, I was driving when I was listening to it. I was in the sort of La Cunada Flint Ridge on the 2 freeway. Mm-hmm. It was getting dark. Just a great experience listening to this album in preparation for this show. Uh, it's extremely cinematic. It's extremely dark. It's extremely evil sounding. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like almost inspiring. It's like a hard album, I think, to talk about for me. Because it it doesn't really feel like it's individual songs. It just sort of feels like this soundscape that evolves from the beginning to the end. And it just continues to reveal layers of, like, this sinister energy. And I just can't really stop thinking about it. It's stuck in my brain. It's stuck in my craw in a way that I really didn't expect. Like I said, I didn't fucking like this album when I first started listening to it. And I'm like kind of hooked. I listened to it. I listened to it just again, like just like in my free time, because I was like, I gotta, I gotta get whatever juice is inside of this album and just drink a little bit of it. Um, And it reminds me a lot of. um, It's like a more sinister, life is strange energy. That video game, Life is Strange. Um, Oh, okay. It's this great video game that I fell in love with uh, during the beginning part of the pandemic. that's like a story-based game. It's in this small coastal town in Oregon. It's like a story, like all your decisions make, you know, bigger impact. And it just has that sort of like maximal, like emotional thing going on, but like in like a sinister way, but like very emotional at the same time. I loved this album. I don't know what it is. It's hard to talk about uh, in the sense of like, I can't really describe and give good reasons why, but it just fucking clicked for me all of a sudden at, at Boulevard Nights. Uh, but if I had to list some faves, what do we got here? Uh, yeah, Boulevard Nights, Elizabeth, Staring at the Queen, and Eleven Dash Nove for November. But like I said, this feels like one continuous piece that just evolves throughout. It's like a, it's like an uh, an aria, so to speak. It's like an sure. opera, operetta, so to speak. Uh, so I really enjoyed this shit. Man, that's. Uh, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't give myself time to re-listen to stuff because um, I didn't re-listen to 
this album um, and hearing you go off of, on it, I was like, yeah, fuck, that album was really, really good. And just kind of like um, abstract and, and impressionistic in, in, a, in, a, in a way almost. And I also think that the fact that I wasn't driving whenever I listened to it and didn't have an opportunity to drive, particularly in California, because that was one of my takeaways when we recorded that episode, I believe, was that, you know, it does give you that perfect feeling of just see like watching just like driving in Los Angeles or in California just having like lights and the uh, the lights and the the stores and the, the the people and just the environment just like kind of all bleed together um tremendous tremendous uh piece of work there and man I'm really happy that 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 resonated with you um I think you underestimate my tastes I think you think that I'm a fucking simpleton who doesn't like to think and feel abstract things I think you think I'm an idiot so I actually like shit so how about that idiot what's your number six or seven or whatever my number six this is actually the only album that made my ten um what the fuck and it was yeah the only album that made my ten you're nuts dude you're fucking nuts anyway what what that is blood bitch by jenny haval i had only heard conceptual romance ahead of time before that uh mira marino brought it on the show uh and that album stuck with me because kind of like team sleep it's very symphonic it's very dark but there's a tenderness to it and there's like a beating heart that you can feel um coming from jenny haval uh, that is that that sticks that stuck with me and and, and sticks with me. Um, it's uh, so detailed and so uh, intense, um, and I just love that it uh, it, it kind of grabbed me the first time I heard it. And when looking back at the list and everything that we covered, I was just like, oh god, I can still feel like that that um, it's hold on me a little bit. Um, so it just made just knocked out of the top five there. I had to switch. I it was going back and forth between that and my now number five with what was going to be on the uh, sort of on the on the podium there. But man, really tremendous album. Um, I think favorite track for me is still conceptual romance. Uh, just how um, uh, 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 just that's the heart of that album. And I. If there wasn't a, a song like Contemple Romance on this, maybe it wouldn't be on my list or whatever, but I, I, I can't say one way or the other. Love that song so much. Love that album. And that is my number six. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about it other than it's the Pussy album um, and it's the Vampire album and it's the dark I have fangs and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking and I'm, you know, this is a very like, audio diary type thing I think this is very interesting and again it's one of those things mm-hmm. that's, that I've been thinking about since I listened to it I can't say that I enjoy it as much as I enjoy something like a team sleep like I guess if the team sleep and Jenny Haval are like two sides of a similar coin I'm definitely more on the team sleep side than I am on the Jenny Haval side uh, but this is definitely worth a spin you know this is definitely like a. it's, it feels more like an auditory experience than it does an al- a music album to me. Um, gotcha. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, I have a lot, I have, I, this is one that I, ha- I haven't cracked yet and I don't know if I'm supposed to crack or if it's even for me ultimately at the end of the day. But it's interesting. I think it's a very interesting album and definitely worth a spin. Again, I wasn't on that episode to say that this is the bl- the vampire <laughs> vagina Pussy album. album. Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting album uh, and I have 
Not a lot of more thoughts about it other than that. Um, but I did give it a spin. I listened to it at night, too, actually. Um, and that was kind mm. of interesting. Walking around uh, a park as it was getting dark. Um, kind of interesting. Mason, you ready for my number six? Number six. Let's do it. Okay. Number six. April 2021. Episode mm. 68. You were there. Mm. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Do you? I think that my numbers on my spreadsheet are mixed up, so I think you are going with one of two things here, and I'm very excited for to see you either one. It's Nature of Things by Subsonic Eye. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Hell yeah. There we well, go. One of those albums that I just didn't really think about much after we talked about it, but had to give another listen just to, just to re- remind myself sort of what we're dealing with. Uh, and I don't really have a lot to say about it other than it's just a great listen uh, from top to bottom. Uh, everyone's sort of rocking uh, their shit. Everyone is sort of on their jam. And it's great. It feels fresh. feels like a good walk. Sort of feels like that. Oh, you got the cassette right there. I'm holding up the cassette to me. Nature of things. Can you even play that? Not yet. Anyway, don't listen to him. Uh, this is just an awesome album. It's just really, really good. It's a band I'm excited to follow and see what happens in the future. That's all I really Me have too. to say about it. It's just really exciting to hear them now and to maybe think like, oh, are we going to get a shit ton more of stuff like this? Is this going to evolve? How is it going to evolve? Yeah. It's exciting. It is. That's, um, I'm glad, I, I was disqualified from including that on my list. Um, but I'm really excited that I think you're right. I think that it's kind of a hard album and a hard experience to describe the process of listening to it because they are, even though they've put out like two or three albums, I think before, um, before nature of things, we talked about strawberry feels also on that episode, which is a more like kind of shoegaze dream pop kind of inspired one. Uh, this one feels like they're really, this album feels like they're really coming to their own and really clicking into their specific sound and the only thing you can really say about that is like it's so exciting it's such an exciting feeling to to find that and to listen to that um and you really just get excited about where they could possibly go from where they're already at and i think that they have like a pretty decent head start on being just like a a, a really tremendous band just a, a great group that um plays together where um you know not one element overshadows the other really um, it's just a, a tremendous, like, kind of full, uh, full sound, and I'm really happy that you you made made a space for that there, Mason. I like things that you like too. I know, Mason. Yeah, I like things you like too. It's fine. You don't have it's you don't true. have to you don't have to prop me up as this guy who hates you <laughs> to everyone in your life. Just admit we're friends. We're friends. In real life, nice just admit. Yeah. Just in in real life. Yes. Just admit that we're friends to people. We're just friends. say that. We're friends. Thank God. I just I I when I talk about you with with people that don't know you, I refer to you as my friend. I refer to you as my friend and podcast co-host, but I refer to you as my friend. 
I also refer to you as my friend, co- uh, podcast co-host, and uh, queen bitch is what I call you to people who don't know you. But damn it, I Mason! You're call if ever, me a well, that goes without saying. Your name is Mason McGuire. <laughs> kind of a world-renowned cuckold situation. Yeah, uh, they say cuckold in uh, your favorite movie, Crazy Stupid Love. I think they say it like nine mm-hmm. times or something. Weird they say it like a that. lot. Yeah, Steve really goes off. Okay. Cuckold. I'm done talking about Nature of Things. Really good album. Not a lot to say about it other than you just have to hear it to... It's not even like a crazy album and like they're doing like crazy production shit. It just sounds good. It just sounds really good. It sounds really clean and really fun. And that's it. That's why it's my number six. Mason, take us into the top five. Top five, we have the President's Analyst from the Chris Chalakian episode. Let's go. I love how specific and weird that movie is and how it's from almost 60 years ago but is essentially like it, it could um it's screaming to um, movies like this are screaming to be made today i think um this like kind of weird social satire and also just a uh i love how that the plot builds and keeps getting even more ridiculous and even more like connected um and chris uh, it was, I believe, it was his Mercedes Valuable Player for that particular, um, for that movie. Um, excuse me, uh, but he. Uh, I want to point out again here that sequence in the field, the silent sequence in the field, where there's that folk song that's playing and the assassins are trying to one up each other and get to the president's analyst. Yeah, that's fucking great! Such a fucking good sequence. Um, just the the use of silence there. Um, the use of just like kind of it's, it's a tense movie it's a funny movie um, and there's nothing else like it and it was such a treat to uh, it, I, I, it was such a treat to, to watch and, and, and be um, I guess exposed to and I, I, I fucking loved it that's, that's all I want out of a fucking movie really at the end of the day there yeah, this is a fun one um, I'm interested in your, your claim that people want more weird social satire. Um, I don't think people do. I think the culture does, though. What's the difference between the people and the culture to you? The culture is a separate element. It's, it is, uh, it exists above the people. It's, it is of and created by the people. Um, well, maybe I just shot from the hip on that and I don't think about it too much, but it's a movie that I, those are the kind of movies that I want to see made more often. Just so that, I was just um, going to say, maybe you want to see more of those because there are people out there that don't like Veep, Mason. Just admit it. I think those I think those people need to need to need to <laughs> suck their own cocks. <laughs> get a drink of water. I, but this is really fun. This is a fun movie. This is some really crazy jokes in it, like Austin Powers esque silliness going on, with also like a social commentary that is strikingly relevant in a way that like I don't even know if they would have been able to predict, like. Who knows if at this time, I wasn't there, I don't know enough about this time, Mm. to know how insanely relevant, you see that, I'm fucking, for the Mason, I'm curling my little finger so it looks like my little butthole. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy that this was like, it feels like it's only gotten more relevant. I have to imagine it's only gotten more relevant in terms of the uh, surveillance state that we uh, live in. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it says something. It's a fun movie. It's cool. It's on my on my on my uh, my honorable damn mentions. honorable mentions list. 
Mm-hmm. It's fun. Fun. All right. Okay. Number five. Mm-hmm. I think this is where we start getting some crossover, Mace. Mm-hmm. My number five from mm-hmm. December 2020. Mm-hmm. Sienna K. Gotta mm-hmm. be L by Paul Verhoeven. Mm. Well, you say that. There's not a room for that movie on my list because, well, I won't get into it until we get into it, but that movie, unfortunately, did not make my list. But go off, King. Had you seen it before? I had not seen it before. And it didn't make your... I'm really surprised it didn't make your list, to be totally honest with well, you. Well, there's some stuff coming up that I think will just tickle your little butthole, so let's let's get into L. Well, you're so mad at me. You're so, you're so angry with me right now. It's freaking me out. It's pissing me off. Uh... Verhoeven was a director that I didn't really get into until 2020, and I think mm. I saw all Verhoeven movies that I have seen, except for Showgirls, which I watched in high school and didn't. I watched it because oh, this is one of the worst movies ever made. You know, whatever. I watched it with my friend, right. a hate watch thing. But outside of that, every other Verhoeven movie I had seen for the first time last year: Starship Troopers, uh, Fatal Attraction, or he didn't do Fatal Attraction. I'm sorry, he didn't do what Fatal do Attraction. Uh, no, he didn't. Well, did he do Wait, Basic yes, Instinct? No, he did uh, Basic Instinct. Okay, well, I haven't seen that, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but I thought for a second he did ba- uh, Fatal Attraction, which I had seen. But, you know, all the all the Paul Verhoevens that I had seen, RoboCop, I had seen last year. So this was just sort of the icing on the cake in my, my year with Verhoeven, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's still, like, shocking to think about some of the things that happen in that movie. It's like a genuinely shocking film for a lot of different reasons, not just because of violence or because of, uh, you know, sex stuff. Those are elements to what makes it shocking. But just the some of the choices that these characters make and how they treat other people is shocking. And it's never done mm. seemingly randomly. It's always done to serve a greater narrative. It's always done to serve something more that's going on, the sort of aboutness of the film and the way that women are treated in the workplace and women are treated just sort of in general and how to take your power back, you know, after a yeah. traumatic event. It's still stuck with me, you know, after, after all these, after all these beers, Mason, it's still stuck with me after all still these crazy damn after all beers. these beers, huh? I feel still crazy after all these damn beers, bro. All these Lagunitas, all these golden mango cart yeah. by golden roads that I'm drinking over here, over here. Um, he's just a wonderful director and it's one of those movies that asks more questions than it answers which is always fun to like walk away thinking about stuff this would be a very interesting double feature with Titan uh, the movie that just came out yeah I haven't seen that yet I'm trying to decide if I have time to see that today after recording or tomorrow um, so it's it's interesting you say that I can't wait to see Titan now is it Titan? I don't know how to say it. I have no fucking idea. I say titanium because this is not a spoiler, but is tit- you say titanium, so at least in right. English it would be titan, I think. Gotcha, at least how gotcha. an American fuck like me would say it. Um, right. I still love this movie. I love Verhoeven. Uh, Isabelle Huppert is, like, scary good in this movie. It's, like, yeah. unreal how good her performance in that movie is. And so it cracks the top five. It makes my number five pick Mason hell yeah I don't have a good reason for why that movie didn't make either my honorable mentions or my top 10 other than 
I really do think that we covered a kind of a widespread of good stuff in this last year, and it did. Uh, it was tough for me to leave that movie out in particular, but, you know, if you feel like you can, I think, like, you hear about the subject matter of that movie, and you think it's going to be one movie, and it just completely surprises you. And also, like, in my memory, that's a f- like kind of a, a a darker comedy than I was expecting it to be. You know, and I think how yeah. you know, and how another filmmaker might approach that same material. But that's just the Verhoeven touch, baby. That is just like that guy is is a, a little a little. Um, I lo- I love his movies. I love. Uh, I I convinced my downstairs neighbor to. Uh, watch RoboCop the other day just by virtue of wearing a RoboCop t-shirt around the place. Um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, you know, it's kind of amazing when when, uh, young men in particular have not seen RoboCop uh, by the time that they're 20. I always felt like that's kind of a rite of passage kind of thing. But again, I'm a little freak. Um, think yep. Elle is a great movie, and uh, Isabel Huppert is that is one of the the best performances I think we've ever uh, talked about on this show. Was, was Isabel Huppert in that? Uh, okay, so right here's under my... uh, Mercedes Ruel and Mary Bob. Absolutely, yes, it was. It was actually we. <laughs> it's gonna uh, the uh, the L valuable player. I don't know. Okay, so Noah, here's my number four choice. Did we talk about also... your? Did we talk about your number five already? I I've completely spaced it. Yeah, I was the president's analyst. Okay, great. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I forget which order we went in. Okay, your number four. So Sorry. here's my number four choice, and this is also the last choice that was not brought on by you. Okay, let's do it. Number four from the Sean and Cass episode, American Boy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. American Boy. American Boy, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, Early short film by Marty. Um, It kind of, like, Martin Scorsese is a filmmaker that you, you know, you have your Marty Scorsese movie in in your mind. He's had a long career. He's had his own career. He's one of the best sort of American filmmakers, if not the best American filmmaker. But you always have this, like, sort of, like, um... There's like an obsession that you think about when you think about his movies, or there's like this kind of intensity. And American Boy is, I think, a, a incisive movie in a in a deep document. Like it, its subject matter is like, well, here's what I want to say. That's a more playful movie, and it got me to watch Marty's movies that I seen after under like kind of a more playful eye than I did, and appreciated him for ahead of time. Um, and that's one thing that I really like. A, like about some of the material that's brought on the show, something uh, like American Boy who comes early in a sort of storied career like that is it helps you reorient your idea of what this, this filmmaker is. Um, and I also just think that it's the, the, the subject of that movie, um, Stephen and I should have looked up his name before I started recording here, but I didn't. Um, but just the stories that that guy tells and the the sense of a life that you get in these in that half an hour, um, and just I think a lot about the moment where he's telling a story. Um, I forget exactly what it is, but like Marty's like pushing him to divulge more, and um, you know, like that's not the um, what does he say exactly? Something like you know, that's not how you told to me ahead of time, and how Marty keeps that in the movie. Um, sure. It makes you realize that, like you know, documentary things like that. They're they're particularly just like investigations into people. Um, 
and it's I think just a tremendous story about like just or a movie about like a friendship and in a relationship and a and sort of a small collaboration because um, it's not like he's interviewing De Niro or these other guys that you sort of would become um, would kind of characterize his, uh, his his career later. He's just a guy that he he met and put into a small but memorable role into Taxi Driver, and it just sort of also reminds me that filmmaking making albums, making podcasts, making art is all about um, collaborating and the people that you're working with and taking time. Uh, I love that he found time to highlight just even a small collaborator like that into um, into this documentary. Um, and I, uh, I, I liked it so much that it was one of the reasons why I decided to get the Scorsese shorts Criterion and the Damn. last half sale, which is a great, great, great collection of stuff, and I really recommend getting it. But that's so my number four. Love it. Yeah, this one I had seen prior to them bringing it on the show, so unfortunately it was also ineligible for my list. I don't actually know if it would have made the list, to be totally honest mm. with you, at the end of the day. Um, the Scorsese shorts are interesting. Uh, Italian-American is interesting. The, clo- the big, what is it, the close shave or the big shave? The big, whatever I think it's the big shave, yeah. Yeah, the big shave, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? You don't understand Murray or whatever. You know, all those movies that he made when he was an amateur filmmaker and not a professional filmmaker, mm-hmm. or even still when he was a professional filmmaker, they're very interesting. Um, they feel it at times like it's a different guy to me. Um like I, you like you said, you think of Goodfellas, you think of Raging Bull, you think of Taxi Driver, you think of The Departed and the Rat and The Departed and how they CGI mm-hmm. out the Rat and The Departed mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I and love you think the about <laughs> and, you, and you think about how for some reason Jack Nicholson's character says the N word even though it's not needed in the movie. That's what you think about when you think of Scorsese. These short films truly feel like a you're seeing a different side of a guy that you feel like you know pretty damn well already. Or be like it's a different guy altogether. It feels like a more... I don't want to say more intimate because I don't want to take away from the from the features that he made, you know? But, like, there is something different. There's a different wavelength that these movies are on that, unfortunately, maybe you can't achieve or it's harder to achieve in some of the features that he's made. Um, it doesn't necessarily stay with me. It doesn't have that staying power. I really enjoy watching it, but I'm not as, like wrapped by it I guess after the fact mm-hmm. but it's a good watch it's if you're a Scorsese guy or gal or you know whoever and you haven't seen American Boy definitely check it out I guess I'm just not as into it at the end of the day but I still don't All dislike right. it no problem but hey that's, that's just kind of where different I'm at different strokes different strokes hey you fucking know it different strokes let's what go you talking about? what you talking about Mason <laughs> what you talking about Mason my number four is that where we're at uh, we should be, yeah, for you at least. Mason, I'll say this now. The rest of these are you picks, believe it or not. Oh, four boy. through one are Macy's, are Macy's choices. <laughs> Number four, the last movie on my list. The second and last movie that we will be talking about on my list is from episode 56, mm-hmm. January mm-hmm. 2021. You know it. You love it. And you hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to see it. No, just kidding. You love to see it. This is Crossing Delancey from 1988. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Yes. This is my yes. favorite movie that we've talked about on the show uh, in the last year. Uh, Hell yeah. As a Jewish person or as someone who is by blood Jewish and has Jewish 
relatives and has done Jewish things. Uh, sometimes Jewish people are portrayed very interestingly uh, in movies, and sometimes mm. they're just uh, regular people walking around who have a certain culture to them. And in this movie, they are regular people with a certain culture to them that is widely celebrated, and I really appreciate the not only the love story in this movie between Amy Irving and Peter Riegert, which is beautiful and touching and all the things it's supposed to be. Uh, but this one goes the extra mile for me, at least on a personal level, uh, because I've always been not at odds with my Jewish heritage, but I've definitely been like, I don't really know what to make of this, uh, to be honest sure. with you. Uh, and it's the same thing that, uh, what the hell is her name in this movie? What the hell is her name in this movie? Izzy. Delancey. <laughs> it's the same thing that Delancey <laughs> is dealing with uh, in this movie. Uh, do I embrace this part of my this part of my life, this part of my heritage, uh, and be who I truly am, regardless of if I like it or not, in this moment, or do I just flat out reject it and try and be this thing that I'm not, just because I think people will think of me differently? Mm-hmm. And I've always thought about that. You know, there I never experienced insane anti-Semitism. But I have experienced anti-Semitic remarks from people, you know, in my life. And uh, for whether they thought they were joking around and they could go there, you know, or whether they really meant it, um, it's happened. Uh, And I thought, man, it just would kind of be easier if I didn't have that target on my back, so to speak, you know, at a Mm -hmm. certain point. And I really related to her struggle with that of like, damn, can't people just fucking not talk about that, you know, at a certain level, or can't they just leave me alone with that shit? Um, But ultimately, it's part of your life. You either embrace it, and you learn to, you know, accept it, or it just bothers you, and there's no reason to let it bother you at the end of the day, because there's a lot of beautiful, like, as as John Goodman in The Big Lebowski (laughs) says, 10,000 years of beautiful uh, history from Moses to Sandy Koufax, you're goddamn right I'm living in the past, you know? And that's it. And it's, there's a lot to embrace. And the second you sort of maybe take the organized religion, at least for me, organized religion part out of it and just embrace it for what it is on a cultural level, there's so much cool stuff. It's, it, is, it feels awesome to be Jewish in a lot of ways outside of the religious stuff. So I really appreciated that in terms of that uh, from Crossing Delancey. And maybe that's, you know, my experience with it. And maybe a Jew, another Jewish person would, you know, disagree. Uh, there's a lot of Jewish people out there, but that's how I felt about it. And really resonated with me and it's just one of the cutest love stories ever committed to film ever committed to celluloid and that's why I love oh, it yeah. Mason and I'm it's my favorite movie we've talked about in the last year I am so happy that um, of course Crossing Delancey was excluded from my list because I had seen it before I am so happy that it resonated with you and you got that much out of it um, did you I forget did you watch Between the Lines after we watched that or had you seen it have you seen it before gotcha that's right that's right um yeah i didn't really care for it to be honest with you i i i see okay um i like of those two movies uh those two joan micklin silver movies that i've seen crossing delancey between the lines um i think that she has such a tremendous heart for her characters and a tremendous love for the people and um that she wants to capture on film um, I, I'm so, 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 so happy that Crossing Delancey is on your list there because it's 
that is um i have a, a list of movies uh a letterbox list of movies called emotional support movies <laughs> that like when i need to be feeling good uh i can just put on and crossing delancey is it's it, it has a special special place uh in my heart um it's so fucking sweet it's so fucking nice folks uh you gotta it's so also criminally i think hard to track that movie down um i don't know how you watched it um i think i just I rented were, it <laughs> uh, maybe, I I maybe just rented not. it on amazon maybe. well i think everyone should just have a copy of crossing delancey on their on their personal shelves if you ask me i think it, it's it's such a sweet good-hearted movie and it's like it, it's it's a movie about like just kind of genuine love and like you said embracing uh embracing yourself and embracing in, embracing your culture and just um just God, love that movie. It's so embracing. Much. You have to embrace. You have to, you know, can't pour from an empty cup, as they say. Yeah, you got to yeah. embrace yourself and, you know, accept yourself and love yourself before you can do that for other people. It's the yeah. core message of the film on a purely secular level, and is beautiful. That's my number four, Hell Crossing yeah. Delancey from 1988. Hell yeah! My number three. You know it, baby. It's American movie. Okay. The big Noe prediction was that this was going to be number one. I thought this was going to be your number one, but I'm glad it's on the list. I thought it would be number one, but let's fucking go. It's one of the best movies. I think you're going to be tickled by what my number one is going to be, what my two and my number one are going to be. But this was, this one, I kind of had a dance with where I wanted to place this one ultimately. Um, and I, it, it was just a matter of kind of the, the, the top two ones was just kind of like the feelings that I have after watching it um and sort of like what i'm taking away from those movies what i'm taking away from from american movie is like the agony and the ecstasy of filmmaking yes um but it's also just like you could not make the people in this movie up it's like it's truly like a stranger than fiction sort of situation it's a i love the sort of the great midwestern representation you get in this and just like how specific and strange and just like sort of hustling uh mark borchard is in just making his and just every single time he comes up against an optical in this movie he just doubles down on his vision and he doubles down on himself himself you know maybe you know he's taking advantage of his uncle or whatever asking for money all the time but he has a genuine love for this man aside from the sort of material um things that he can give him um and just seeing um and just following him on this journey, it's also just such an, an impeccably edited and paced documentary. There is like no no fat on this movie. It is such straightforward fucking storytelling in a way that you don't get even in fiction films. I think I feel most of the time. Um, you know, maybe if I chucked out time to rewatch it, um, this is a movie that I. I kind of felt a little shame of not seeing until we had watched it for the show you know it's definitely a movie that was recommended to me by folks was something that I should I know I should have watched and I had the opportunity for the podcast to finally sit down and watch it and I think that if I had more time with it maybe it would be my number one but as it is right now it's just so fucking funny and um and inspiring in a way to just you know because I'll admit it, sometimes when it's, it comes time for me to, like, get the episode together and just sit down in front of my computer and and do the garage band shit, I'm just, like, I get so anxious, I get so stressed out, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but just what helps me get through it is just sitting down and fucking doing it. Um, and I'm inspired by Mark Borchert, 
uh, in that capacity to just get it done however you can. Um, that's it. That's all I got to say about it. Tremendous, tremendous movie. Um, thank you for bringing it on the show, Chef Noah. Of course. Uh, I won't belabor it anymore. We're going to gonna have to move on because we're going to definitely hit two hours. Um, one of the funniest movies ever made. Mm. One of the best movies ever made. Yes. I, documentary, narrative, experimental, mm. short, doesn't matter. One of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And I want to live in the world of this film. Yeah. Yes. I want to Yeah. I want to be on set with Mark and Mike. Mike Shank as my film teacher in high school so lovingly put it as the best anti-drug PSA of all time, which I don't mm-hmm. know if I agree with, but I think it's funny that he said that. Um I want to live in the world of this film. I want to be in Milwaukee actually having been to Milwaukee since covering this. Milwaukee's one of the most underrated cities in Milwaukee America. Rips. Milwaukee is a great city. It's amazing. The food is good. There's a there's a lot going on. You know, it's pretty cheap to be there. You know, all things considered, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. There's such beautiful parts. You're right on the lake. You know, there's so much greenery. There's a lot of. There's actually quite a bit of culture there. I don't know if people mm-hmm. know that um, about Milwaukee or if they think of it. And I just want to live in this world. I want to be on set with Mark. I want to be on set with Mike. I want to scream at Uncle Bill for not knowing what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. It just feels like kind of perfect in all its imperfections of not necessarily the movie, but the world of which these characters exist. feels comfortable in that way. And again, I won't won't say anything more because we did a whole episode about it, but it's one of the best movies ever made, bar none. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. My number three, Mason. Mm-hmm. September of 2021. Oh, Ep- oh boy, the, 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 the Ep- loose change, huh? Wow, you had you found room for loose change on your list here. Episode 83, or was it episode 83? I'm sorry. I think actually I take that back. Episode 80, because this is episode 85, right? Yes. So that's I guess technically this would have been episode 84. Actually, this was the last episode that we just did. Uh, This is Warren Zevon's self-titled album, Mason. There we go. (laughs) We did a whole episode about this last week. Again, I'm not going to belabor it, but uh, just a great album to listen to all the way through. Every song is... Well, I don't like the fucking I'll Sleep When I'm Dead that much, but it's still not bad. Every song is good. Beautiful production by our friend Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstanton, two of the four Eagles, and he's such a good piano player and he's such a good songwriter, and I like it way more than Excitable Boy. Like a, at least mm. a full step more than Excitable Boy. Um, this is a really good album. This is an album front to back that you can just put on and jam out to drive, drive around. It's an again. It's also an LA album. It's a little bit of a sneaky LA album. So if you're in the LA area, driving around, you know, different aspects of different, you know, different terrains in LA, it's a real fun listen to in that respect. Uh, favorite tracks include Frank and Jesse James, Hassin' Down the Wind, Poor Poor Pitiful Me, which I didn't even know was his original song until we did the episode. Muhammad's mm. Radio, Carmelita, and my favorite track on the album, Desperados Under the Eaves, which is. That probably gets the Zevon ultimately. That's the retroactive Zevon of that album for me more than Hasten Down the Wind, Hasten Down the Wind. We talked about it last week, but it's it's just a jam. It's just a jam yeah. from start to finish. And I kind of knew the second it went on. 
that it was going to end up on the list, and it's just great. That's it. I I am happy to hear that. I would have expected that kind of recency bias um, would have, you know, meant that it didn't get a, a spot on the list in favor of some other things, but I'm so happy that it is. I'm so happy, because I think even from the start of this podcast two years ago, I've been dying to bring this album on the show, and... I am so happy that it's uh, that I'm not crazy and it is a great fucking album. I think I said it last week, but it, it is one of my all time favorite albums ever. Like I just put it on and I feel like anytime I put it on my heart and listen to it top to bottom, my heart grows three sizes, no matter what. Um, it, it's, it Grinchifies it's of, you. It Grinchifies me. It does. Grinchify me, it, Captain. <laughs> that's an album full of so much just life and experience um, that it there it's as like kind of of its you know period like seventies singer songwriter kind of stuff. It in my ears, to my mind, to my heart and soul, it stands. It towers above its contemporaries in terms of what it accomplishes. And motherfuck, I am so happy that you have a room have room for it there. You're welcome. Thank Jeff. you very much. My number two. I don't know if this is going to surprise you or not, but okay. my number two is David Lynch's The Straight Story. Does not surprise me, actually, to be honest with you. That is, uh, I knew you loved that one. I knew it was going to come up at some point, and honestly, when American Movie wasn't number one, I thought, oh, maybe Straight Story takes the number one spot. So, not surprised, but very happy to hear it. This is a movie about, um, to me at least, about the long and arduous journey towards redemption um, and towards love, ultimately. Um, I think, you know, I had a David Lynch kind of summer, I want to say. I get on a... I was Chet on Hanks Heavens. had a white boy summer and you had David yeah. Lynch summer. Yeah, and I had a... Uh, I was on um, Heaven Ramirez's podcast to talk about probably his four most um, notable films being Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, and Mulholland Drive. Um, And I love the straight story because it's... I think David Lynch... David Lynch is is a very intuitive filmmaker. I think that he is a deeply feeling person. And this is just like... There's so much love in this movie. Um... And sometimes and you don't really get to see that in a very pure way in his movies. Exactly, yes. Uh, I love that he calls this his most experimental movie, which I think might madden some people, but it makes 100% sense to me because of just, like, its, it's production, how straight, straight, straightforward it is. This is also a great Midwestern movie that just, I, I think about, like, the kind of, the sun rising over the weed or these, like, sweeping shots of like grain ter- of like um uh of uh uh the grain silos the, the grain silos or the trucks or something um it's just such a lovely heartfelt empathetic movie that just i remember when it ends and he's you know he's he's made the journey um and there's just like that pan up from the porch to the stars yeah. i just I'm sitting on my couch and just was like you know, um, I haven't rewatched it since. Um, but like, even after just that viewing, you know, I love me my Mulholland drives. I love me my weird Lynch, but there is this, this is probably one of my honestly, probably top 
three or four David Lynch movies just with like how much 100%. it just affects me and just gets my fucking heart, man. Um, I love this movie. Thank you, Chef. Absolutely. I wanted to bring, this was definitely one that I knew I was going to bring on the show at some point. And strangely enough, call it serendipity, call it coincidence, call it two co-hosts just being in tune with each other. Mason, you know what book I am diving back into right now is Catching the Big Fish. Nice. By David Lynch. Have you ever read this book before? No, I had I for Heaven's show I read Room to Dream, which is his biography, but I've actually not read Catching the Big Fish. For folks at home, I actually do have a physical copy you of have the a, book. Yeah. Which is amazing me. because I didn't know that you could I didn't know that you could read, so well. <laughs> <laughs> Now you know. I don't know what to tell you, you fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think I could read? What the fuck? No, the I'm hell? kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I know you're kidding. Um, Yeah, it's one of his best movies. Straight up. And if you're avoiding it because you're scared, I guess, <laughs> or whatever. It's rated uh, G. <laughs> it's a rated G, Disney-backed David Lynch movie from the late 90s. Uh, it's about a guy who drives a lawnmower to visit his brother mm. who is dying. Yeah. And it is one of the most wise, empathetic movies out there. And that's all I'll say. Yeah. Because it really is, yeah. it really is that good. And uh, he is a very interesting filmmaker. And this book, Catching the Big Fish, I, I bought this book, I think in 2015 mm. or 2016. I drove up from... Chapman, which is in Orange County, to... Did you ever go to the last bookstore when you were in L.A. in downtown? Yeah, in DTLA, yeah. Yeah. I drove up to go there because my buddy told me about it, and I was like, damn, I want to go to a bookstore that's, like, not Barnes & Noble for once uh, in mm-hmm. this godforsaken wasteland of Southern California. So I drove up, and I went there. Didn't realize how scary it was around there. Mm-hmm. was a little afraid of everything, but it was cool. Um, and I bought this, I believe, at the last bookstore uh, in downtown LA in either 2015 or 2016. Uh, and I started it, and I never finished it. But it's kind of just one of those where you can just sort of pick up and read any page you want. You can read it all the way through if you want, which is what I'm doing uh, in chronological order. But it's just little page, one page to four page anecdotes about ideas and things so he touches on filmmaking he touches on the artistic process he touches on meditation he touches on the soul and it gives me a different insight into him because I when I think of David Lynch I think of this pretty weird guy who's kind of out of touch with people actually like a guy who doesn't Mm -hmm. really concern himself with people or want to concern himself with people's emotions and stuff or at least that's how I used to think about him But the straight story is evidence that he actually has a deep understanding of people and a deep understanding of the human condition. Um, And I'm like kind of I'm kind of like hit and miss with some of his some of his bigger movies. I think Eraserhead and Mulholland Drive are sort of my fave weirdo lynches. Um, Mm. But it's a great read and he's a great director and a really cool guy. Ultimately, at the end of the day, who just seems like a dope ass guy who I would want to hang out with and drink a couple beers with Mason. Uh, Me. Two, me too, me too. You ready for my number two? Speaking of me too, you ready for my number two? Yes. Mason, this is going to shock and appall. This is going to appall you. This is going to shock you and appall you. Are you ready? I now that you've, you've now that you've set me up for that, I am so ready. 
I didn't think this was even going to make the list, let alone the honorable mentions. Because, Mason, this this is something we... This was our first show back after the one-year anniversary show, after we took a little break. This is Every Open Eye by Churches from episode 46 from November of 2020. Uh, can you believe Ooh, that? wow. I can't believe... I really cannot believe... <laughs> I would not... <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get out of the way. I'll get out of the way. I'll get out of the way. What do you, what, uh, what do you want to say about it almost a year after hearing it for the first time? Uh, I remember liking it enough at the time, but not, like, loving it. I think I gave it either a conditional recommend or a regular old recommend, and yeah. I just didn't really think about it, you know? I, it felt like sort of Gex light to me at the time, uh, mm. to coin a phrase, I guess. But I was curious... I know almost a year later to see how this shit would hold up. And it just hit me right at the perfect time because this is such a positive, upbeat album that I can listen to when I'm going on walks or just I'm in the car. And it's just sort of entered the rotation again of late. Uh, I am very stressed out right now for a multitude of reasons that I don't want to talk about on the show, but everything's fine right. ultimately, so please don't worry about me. Everyone, please, it's fine. I'm just, there's some things going on that I'm taking care of, and I just need a distraction. And this is the perfect thing to listen to when I get overwhelmed. I just feel mm-hmm. full, and I feel elated, and I feel like I'm not even touching the ground at some points. Like my favorite tracks off this, uh, what do we got here? Never Ending Circles, the opening track, Keep You On mm-hmm. Keep You On My Side, Clearest Blue, and then the four-track run at the end, I think, is my favorite aspect of the album, which is Downside of Me, Playing Dead, Bury It, and Afterglow. Uh, Bury It maybe being my favorite track on the album as a whole. Maybe Never Ending Circles as well, sort of vying for the top spot there. And it just makes me feel hopeful, and it just makes me feel good. And right now, that's what I need, man. That's what I need. I need that in my shit in my life, and it just fucking works, dude. It's a fucking instant dopamine rush. It just makes you feel good. And there's nothing wrong with something just making you feel good at the end of there's the day. There's absolutely nothing wrong with something just making you feel good. Hey, the straight story, when I look back on it, when I like look, when I think about it, it just makes me feel good. That's kind of all good. you want sometimes. Hope. Yeah, um... You're right. I would have never in a million years thought that that album would have made, would have even been number 20 on your <laughs> your list. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't think I've that I said it on you. the <laughs> You bamboozled me. I don't think I said it on the, the album or expressed it in a, as good a way as you did, but that that album does just like kind of, bring you to like a like a sense of I guess closure and relief um and like kind of that like this this the sunset or or the sunrise rather coming up in in afterglow in the last track there and uh, man you said that I don't think I've listened to that album truthfully since we were preparing for that episode and now you're just getting me to think about every single song of that album and I'm just like fuck like that that album is just like top to bottom of fucking bangers and I maybe took it a little bit personally when it did not resonate with you <laughs> a year ago um, but just thinking about just like the even just the drop in Clearest Blue you know what yeah. I'm talking about like just and how that just 
it just how that that song and that drop just makes you feel like you can fucking fly um it's so so fucking good and you know maybe when we're done recording here i i've put that sucker in my ears and i go for a little walk because it's been a long time since i've heard that and just god almighty that makes me so happy that makes me so happy. Yeah, this was definitely the biggest climber of the list. This went from not even being something I would have thought maybe could have made the list to, okay, this is going on the list. Maybe it'll be number eight. Oh, actually, maybe this will be number four or five. Oh, fuck. This is no. Is this going to be number two? This is going to be number two on the list. Insane. It's, Insane. It, and it's the wow. most, it's the earliest episode that, would have been eligible for this list as well, yeah. too. It was the first episode yeah. after our one-year anniversary slash little hiatus that we took after the one-year anniversary. Um, and it just makes me feel fucking good, dude. This is this is some dopamine straight to the, straight to the bloodstream, straight to the head. Uh, really just an album hitting you at the right place at the right time in uh, my yeah. life at this current moment. And I'm probably going to listen to it when I... Get in the car to keep running these damn errands. All right, yeah, you can brother. call me. You can yeah. call me Mister Two Damn Errands right now because that's what I am. Uh, but that's my number two. Uh, we're reaching the. We've reached the penultimate peak. Now we're reaching the ultimate peak. Here now are our number top. ones. Uh, Mason, what is your number one? So you really have no idea what I'm about to what I'm about to say here, do you? For my I mean, one. if I really thought about it, I might be able to fucking conjure up something. But at the current moment where I'm at, I just I don't know. So I want you to just let me know. Number one, fairly recent discussion that we've had on this show. Let me pull up my phone to get the exact date that we talked about this. Um, but this one, I like I was saying earlier, I would not have probably called this as my number one until I was looking at um, what we had, uh, you know, sort of every single thing that we've talked about. And this is from, actually, it looks like September, or maybe late August of 2021, a movie okay. that I had seen briefly, seen briefly, but not all oh. the way through. Oh, Actually, I think it was the first movie that I watched in my new place. And brother, you know it. You love it. It's Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. Damn. Wow. Okay. Okay, fam. Okay, okay, fam. Okay, squad. That's shocking to me that that's the number one. Wow. Okay, damn. Here's what I was looking... When I was looking at this list, and it helped me whittle it down to be like, what are things that I think are going to have the most legs you know the things that I'm really going to be able to revisit and keep coming back to throughout my life Akira Kurosawa's dreams is by a man basically at the end of his life it's one of his last creative things that he did a guy that blessed us with with incalculable well probably calculable but just a a career that is it you know um one of the best to ever do it to to return to a phrase that we keep saying on this motherfucking show and instead of it being like a a look back on his career or a look back on his art it's a look back on his dreams and what he's experienced um in being a japanese man in the 20th century a japanese person i should say in the 20th century went through a lot 
of fucking shit. A lot yeah. of scary shit. A lot of stuff that I could imagine um, felt very sort of total and and um, confusing and, and frightening. And looking forward at the world sometimes in this current moment, it looks like we are going to have a long we would we will likely have long periods of uncertainty and fear and 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 and, and things like that um just the future sometimes does not if the future seems certain it is the the scariest possible version of this future that is offered to us and this is not a movie that shies away from that the fact that there is these uh tries away from that feeling and that away from that reality but <laughs> It brings you to the what's the I forget the name of the last vignette, but you return and you meet this man also at the end of his life, and it's this it's this 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 feeling of beauty and this feeling of hope and this feeling that through all of this through all of this fear, like. I don't have a way to just like I don't have a name for what it's gonna look like for us like that sort of final segment you know of this movie what that feeling is gonna look like what it's gonna be like for us but it gives me like a sense of faith and a sense of hope that through the terror through the the uncertainty through the whatever there is a brighter future to work for and maybe I'll be old as fuck maybe I won't even get a chance to see it but the fact that it's possible still um gives me a sense of like faith and gives me a sense of hope and I can I just know that that is something that I think will be kind of an eternal thing an eternal theme to to return to and will need it in like times of extreme crisis and and, and all this other shit that's you know and all this, this other stuff and it's also just like an impeccably made and an artfully made movie that more than once brought me just to the to the verge of tears um it's. I think it's like unlike anything else that we've talked about on the show, and almost like unlike any other movie that I've ever seen in my life. And it's just, um, I feel so. Uh, uh, it's so beautiful and so full and so complete um, that once I saw it on the list, <laughs> I knew it had to be my number one. So Akira Kurosawa's Dreams, number one. You might not get to. The village of the watermills, but Thank you want to be around yes. to see what it might be. Yes, yes, yeah. This is one of the best movies. Uh, it's one of the best movies. It's great. It's great. I'm actually a little surprised that it isn't your number one, though. To be totally honest with you, I thought that three and your number three and your number two had a better chance of being your number one than your number one had a chance of being your number one. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. It's great. It's even if you've never seen this Kurosawa, uh it's got all the elements of a Kurosawa film, but he's old and he's on his last legs and he's doing his thing. He's Mr. doing his own thing and he is expressing yeah. the dream the different dreams that he had throughout his life and uh, expression that I heard you say once, Mason, but I'll say it. But by hook or by crook, uh, he gets his message across, whether you're uh, consciously aware of it or not. It is so sneaky. 
uh, what he's mm-hmm. doing in this movie. It's so subtle at times because you're so enraptured by the imagery and you're so enraptured by uh, the filmmaking going on. But it hits you so fucking hard at the end, dude. The end of the last yeah. vignette, the village of the watermills is one of the best. It's one of the best parts of any movie. So I'm glad. I'm glad this was your number one. I'm a little surprised, um, but nonetheless, glad. Well, now, Mason, I have to ask mm-hmm. you a question. Can you answer? Mm-hmm. And hopefully you can answer this question for me. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that you and I did not discuss what movies would be on our list and what order they would be in before the show started. We have not discussed our list with each other prior to this moment. Yes. I agree. So what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances that our number one picks are from the same episode, just the different things on that episode? What is the fucking possibility of that, Mason? Any any math heads in the audience, please <laughs> report back with with the possibilities and show us your work because I got some math homework I got to cheat on. Um, here's what the is thing. The da- what is the damn odds of that, Mason? Here's the thing. I didn't. I thought that there was a very good possibility this was going to be your number one, but I also honestly thought that Warren Zevon was going to end up as your number one. This is so cool. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> The number one, for anyone who isn't sure what the fuck we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. my number one choice for my favorite thing that we've discussed on this show, mm-hmm. also episode 81 from September of 2021, mm-hmm. Due North by Liam Kazar. 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 Whatever, what? you, however you want to say it. That's my How number one, baby. fucking that, dude? Holy shit. <laughs> Love it. Crazy. Love um, it. So cool. The second that I heard the first like two seconds of "So Long Tomorrow," which are which is the which is the first track off "Due North," mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, baby, this is gonna be good." And by the mm-hmm. end of "So Long Tomorrow," I was so excited that I found out about who this guy was. Period. Not even just that I found out about him before he sort of popped off, and I'm a little bit on the ground floor on this guy, which is cool. Mm. But it is so exciting to know that this is his first album. This is his first debut solo LP. Mm -hmm. Because it is so rich and so layered and so well done. Vocals lyrics, production that it just like you said on the episode it makes you excited that you get to hear his new music when it comes out and it gets you anticipated for what will be next you're three tracks into this and you're like I can't believe I get to listen to this guy it's that good I think I think it's that good you know there are things that that, this is kind of how I think about things that we consume for this show and talk about on this show there's num 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 oh but just shitted <laughs> whoops up oh, it's on mason's head <laughs> um this is how i sort of think about things that we have to watch and listen to for this show there's that fucking sucks and i hated the fact that i had to watch it for the show 
Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have watched it otherwise if I hadn't had to watch it for the show, but that was terrible. I hated watching that. Yeah. Then there was something where it's like, okay, that's okay. I probably wouldn't have watched that if it wasn't for the show. And that was fine. You know, I'm sort of neutral mm-hmm. on it, whatever. And then there's things that's like, oh, that's pretty good. And maybe you go back to it every now and then or whatever, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll throw that song in the old rotation or whatever, just maybe a song or, you know, maybe, oh, this is like a four-star movie or whatever for me on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that in despite or in spite of the fact that it was brought on this show, you continually go back to it, regardless yeah. of the fact that it was brought on this show. And that is where Due North by Liam Kazar stands for me. I would listen to have I would have listened to this whole damn thing all the time, even if you hadn't brought it on the show. That's how good I feel about this album. That's how fun this album is. That's how excited I am to listen to it. I literally have been listening to it nonstop the last two days in prep for this, just to solidify that this is the number one choice for me for this last year. And it is. And that's what I love about it is that it is exciting. It is feels like a discovery. It feels like maybe this isn't like maybe this isn't like we've never heard anything like this before. But it's just exciting to know that we get to continue to hear music from him. And that is yeah. special. And that's why I yeah. love this and that's why it's my number one choice. I um <sighs> wow. That that is You know, I, I, I'm almost speechless, you know, because I think you kind of just put my feelings on that album into, like, said exactly, like, what it felt like to go to, to see him perform live, kind of sound unheard, you know. I had no idea what I was going to be into in four when I bought tickets to see him at Sleeping Village, and um, I, you know, I... I went to that show I felt it felt so electric it was so fun and I was just like I feel like just on the like you said on the ground floor with this guy um he's a tremendous 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 just live performer and I think that sometimes it's hard to translate you know who a performer is in the studio is different from who they are on stage when they're performing live and I hope he comes to Los Angeles or I hope you come out to the Midwest at some point to be able to see him live. Cause just seeing him live is, is such a, is, is such a fucking treat. He's so talented and energetic and fun. And it is kind of amazing to me that this is his debut album. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. this is, um, you know, kind of everything that I said about the nature of things, um, where it's like, uh, it sounds so full and so expansive just on their third album. And they're, you know, a younger band, they're younger performance. And I think Liam, Liam Kazar is, but I have no idea where this guy is going to go next. And that's, what's so exciting to me is I don't know what to expect the next time he um, writes a, a full album of, of music or what his career is even going to look like. I just hope that we get a long career out of him. And I hope that he's, still exciting and I think he will be I think he has a good he's a, a a strong he has a strong musical sense I think he writes very um uh uh honest and open and confessional lyrics and I think that he's a great collaborator he's good at surrounding himself with 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 talent and people that want to work with him and it's just 
man, what a fucking good album. What a fucking great album yeah. at the end of the day. You know, just... I was kind of like you, you know. I um, I think it might be just because <laughs> I was of... like you once. I was like you once, Noah. Well, no, but I think it might it might be just in terms of like it's when it came out to when we brought it on the show or when it was brought on the show might be like the newest thing or the most recent thing, basically. Right. You know, because it came out basically a month before we brought the album came out basically a month before we brought I brought it on the show, um. And yeah, like it's, 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 um, I had the same exact experience as you. It's just like, I bought the digital download on Bandcamp after I got back from that show and I put it on and I could not stop listening to it. There's so, yeah, it's so um, infectious. It's so infectious. It just, it gets into your heart. It gets into your soul. It, it, it just gets into your legs. It just gets into your whole fucking body. And I hope that more people, Give it a spin, I guess, and I hope that he, like I said earlier, get, we get a long and long, varied career out of this guy. Um, I'm excited to see where he goes from here and where he goes next. I think he actually, not to brag too much, he's going to oh. be playing a um, the uh, the Empty Bottle, which is uh, a venerable music institution in Chicago, is going to have like a little street fair this weekend, and I believe he is performing. So you bet your biddy, I will be there on Saturday, um, folks. And, um, yeah, Liam Kazar, Due North, everybody. Give it a listen. Empty Bottle is the name of a song from the On Cinema universe. Have you heard Empty Bottle by Dakar? I've not heard Empty Bottle by Dakar. All right, well. Well, thanks for listening to, the, thanks for listening to this show, everyone. That's two years in the bag uh, of this show. Uh, thank you for supporting us through those two years. If you've been with us from the start... You are insane. <laughs> thank you. Good, thank you. Uh, and if you uh, are a newer listener to the show, welcome. You're in the same too, but for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, Mason, congrats on two years, my friend. Congrats on two years, my friend. We've fucking made it. Uh, do you want to go into the plugs? Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, once again, you can always send us an email. Everybody wants two, the number two. Get on the list at gmail.com. We will probably read it on the show. So you can yeah. send us an email and it will probably be read on the show. So that's a cool thing for you. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at it's on the list pod on Instagram at, uh, excuse me, at it's on the list pod on Twitter at it's on underscore the list on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Noah Marger. You can follow me on Instagram at Noah.Marger. That's dot spelled D O T. You can follow me on TikTok and Letterboxd. And you can listen to my other podcast, my favorite podcast, the podcast about people's favorite things. We got a solo ep this week, Mason. Ooh, how about that? Got a solo ep, and it's actually about five of my favorite albums, believe it or not. Mm. Five of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, Doing this show has definitely stretched my limits and abilities about how I speak about music, because I find it much more challenging to speak about music than I do film. Uh, Mm -hmm, But I tried my best on this solo ep to talk about some albums that I really love uh, and I think I did an okay job at best <laughs> of doing that and that will actually drop today as well so you can two Noah Marger's uh, pods in your here you have the solo ep of my five favorite or five of my favorite albums I should say not my five favorite but five of my favorite albums uh, and this two hour long two year anniversary one hour for each year that we've been doing the show extravaganza so that's what I got 
That's all my plugs. Yep. Go for it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram because uh, I just checked my phone and Instagram at least is back up at Hot Dog Debicki, Hot Dog the Food Debicki, Elizabeth Debicki. Also on Letterbox under my name. Also on my other podcast, The Barn, a podcast about the Shield, which Connor and I will be doing a live Twitch stream of the uh, pilot oh. very very soon, likely the day after this drops. But um, given that my life is a little up in the air right now, it could be later. But keep an eye on social media for when that gets set up. Uh, should be coming sooner rather than later. Other than that, you can also find me, folks, as always, on the streets of Chicago, uh, and just doing my best to get through here, like we all are. As we say on the show, folks, tell someone you love them this week. Do something you love this this week, and we will see you, and you will hear from us next week. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you very much.
Stand back, motherfuckers. <laughs> this place is under attack. 